Welcome to the Daily Hammer. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Friday. It finally is Friday, and finally, for the first time in what feels like, you know, at least a week, but forever, the Braves were able to have another game, which has been a rare occurrence this year, in which the offense, the starting rotation, and the bullpen were all in sync. A convincing 7-2 victory over the Philadelphia Phillies at the start of the most critical stretch of the season for the Braves. It's not far-fetched to say this is a season-defining stretch, and the Braves were able to make the most of their first game to start it off. Of course, you can find the great work from everyone at Talking Chop at TalkingChop.com. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. You can find Talking Chop across social media platforms at Talking Chop. Of course, this is the Daily Hammer, your daily source of news when it comes to the Braves. Here's the latest from Atlanta. So obviously, as I had mentioned, the Braves going into yesterday were starting a nine-game and eight-day stretch in which they were going to be playing the two teams that they trailed in the division, the Phillies and the Mets, nine times in eight days. But the thing about it is this, is that going into last night's game, the Braves certainly had to feel confident. They were going to send Charlie Morton to the mound, who coming into last night's game, over his previous 11 starts, the Braves were 8-3. and three. Well, Morton con- con- found ways to continue that success once he took the mound last night. But thankfully, Brian Snicker decided to make a decision to support his starting staff by tweaking the lineup to make it a little bit more potentially productive and consistent. Dansby Swanson, since the start of the second half of the season, had, or since Ronald Acuna's injury, had been batting second with Ozzie Albies in the cleanup spot. Well, before last night's game, Brian Snicker decided to put Ozzie Albies up into the second spot, and then followed, Jock Peterson was leading off, and then it was Albies, Freddie Freeman, Austin Riley and Dansby Swanson. Well, that wound up being the payoff mood for this Braves offense in this game. In the first inning, right off the bat, Ozzie Albies was able to make a difference. After he reached base, Freddie Freeman hit a single into left field, and then a very astute and aware base running by Ozzie, approach base running by Ozzie Albies allowed for him to literally steal a run from the Phillies and give the Braves a one to nothing lead. But it wasn't Ozzie Albies who was the one that made the biggest connection of the night. That was Dansby Swanson back in his fifth spot. In the third inning, in the top of the third inning, with the bases loaded, Dansby Swanson was able to deliver with a grand slam. His 17th home run of the season, which allowed for the Braves to be able to take a 5 to nothing lead. Right after that, the very next inning, Orlando Arcia was able to connect with his second home run in a Braves uniform to give the Braves a 6 to nothing lead. And that was more than enough that Charlie Morton needed. Though he was a bit wild, four walks on the evening allowed four hits and did get into a bit of trouble in the sixth inning to finish out the game. The big thing was he was able to work through that trouble, finish this through the sixth inning, give the Braves a quality start, eight strikeouts over those six innings, and it's exactly what the Braves needed in order to get themselves into a position to win. But the even better thing than Charlie Morton continuing his consistent performance was the fact that the Braves bullpen, though they did run into a little bit of trouble, the Braves bullpen was able to work out of issues and give the Braves three scoreless innings in order for the Braves to earn the victory. The Braves tacked on another run in the top 
of the ninth inning, but they were able to get the victory, a big 7-2 victory over the Phillies. Obviously, three takeaways from this game are obviously the performance of Charlie Morton, who certainly has become a rock in this Braves starting rotation. I know there's sense, and if the Braves were to lose several of these next games, for Atlanta to potentially look at selling Charlie Morton off, trading trading Charlie Morton off, he probably would be their most beneficial trade ship and possibly seeing what they can get in a piece for the future. But I actually will counter that argument a bit, and we can deliver, we, this can be discussed further at another time. But the idea of extending Charlie Morton for at least next year, he wants to be in Atlanta. He obviously... It means a lot to the Atlanta starting rotation. And with so many other roster spots that potentially are going to be uncertain going into next year, when Atlanta likely wants to contend, I think there's a lot of sense in potentially extending Charlie Morton. It'll be interesting to see how his future unfolds over the next several days. Another big takeaway is Dansby Swanson. Now, I don't think that it was ever realistic to expect Swanson to be able to continue his production from 2020 going into 2021. Unfortunately, I don't think anybody expected for him to take this much of a dip in terms of his production at the plate. Significant regression when it comes to his approach at the plate, especially when it comes to striking out. But one positive that I think is real is the power. Last night, Dansby Swanson hit his 17th home run of the season, tying his career high. He set that career high in 2019, hitting 17 home runs and 483 at-bats. It took him 352 at-bats this season to hit 17 home runs again. A big, big significant step forward in terms of his overall power production. And of course, the things for the Braves is, is that though his regression at the plate is a bit concerning, the fact that he is continuing to show this power surge, I legitimately think he has a good chance, if he can stay healthy, of getting 25 home runs this season, which obviously would not only be a big development with him, but allows for you to live with the fact that he has struggled at times this season. But it's obviously nice to see the power being for real from Dansby Swanson. And then and of course, the other big takeaway is the performance of the bullpen. Now, it's not all been smooth, but over the past three days, despite the two-run homer that Shane Green allowed to Fernando Tostis Jr., despite that one bad pitch, no other runs have been given up by the Braves' relief corps over the past 11 and one-third inning over the past three days. That's certainly a small victory. It certainly is nothing that should give make you overly confident all of a sudden in this unit, but it certainly is a nice development and hopefully is a basis that this bullpen can build off of through this critical stretch in which they're going to need to be as productive and reliable as possible to get the Braves some needed victories to get to make up some room in this division race. A lot of fun in last night's game, but also a lot of positive momentum that the Braves will hopefully be able to build off of and put some wins together as they try to claw back into the NL East race. Now, obviously, a big takeaway and, and, and you know, a big plus for the Braves in last night's victory was the fact that they now have game one of this series, you know, in the back. They have that on their side, and they now are tied with the Phillies at four games each. Both the Phillies and Braves are four games behind the Mets, who were off yesterday. The Mets do have a tough series this weekend of their own as they're facing the Blue Jays, but tonight's matchup between the Phillies and the Braves could be a special one with Zach Wheeler on the mound for the Braves and Max Fried on the mound for the Braves. So obviously each game is very important and the Braves you hope can build off last night's win in order to put together a few wins 
before they head to New York next week, starting with a doubleheader that could be a critical swing for them in the positive or in either positively or negatively when it comes to figuring out what this Braves team is going to do at the deadline by how they do over the next several days. Well, Corey McCartney, the very talented writer and media personality who has covered the Braves for years, he in his starting nine in his starting nine article, one of the highlight articles over at Talking Chop, in his starting nine, Corey McCartney did a great job diving into some targets that could make sense for Atlanta, but targets that they could buy, regardless of where they are, that would be able to be controlled beyond next year. Obviously, some obvious names that he mentioned are big names like Joey Gallo, as well as Mitch Hanniger, but one name that I think makes a lot of sense could be Brian Reynolds. Now, Brian Reynolds comes with a lot of control and is likely would likely cost a hefty price. Probably not a price that Alex Anthopoulos would want to pay, but Brian Reynolds and Mitch Hanniger are very, very attractive options for this Braves team in terms of needing to fill an outfield spot, but also in terms of being able to be talents that they could control through next year. Obviously, at the end of the day, you want the Braves to not necessarily focus just on this year, but do things that potentially could allow for them to keep these targets moving forward and allow for them to have, you know, an a addition to help them now, but also in 2022 and beyond potentially, especially in the case of Brian Reynolds. Starting pitchers that made sense to Corey were, of course, Matt Boyd of the Tigers, as well as Kyle Gibson of the Rangers, and Herman Marquez. Now, Herman Marquez is someone that I have loved as an Atlanta target for years. Again, I think his price may be a bit too high. Kyle Gibson may be someone that probably is going to be a bit too high as well because he likely is going to be in demand. But I do like the inclusion from Corey of Matt Boyd. He obviously has connections with Anthopolis, who originally drafted him when Anthopolis was the general manager with the Blue Jays. While Boyd is not to the level that he was a few years ago, he certainly is someone that can definitely add value to the Braves staff and can also give it balance going into next year as a second left-handed option to support Max Freed, maybe Charlie Morton, and of course Ian Anderson, and hopefully Waskar Yanoa and others. So Matt Boyd is certainly someone that could make sense for Atlanta, and the price may not be too high to go after him. A few relievers that obviously Corey mentioned were Craig Kimbrell, Richard Rodriguez, and Taylor Rogers. Now, I don't know if it makes sense for the Braves to give up a significant prospect haul for a controllable reliever. Obviously, you would like for them to get a quality reliever to pair with Will Smith and others to back up the bullpen. But the thing about it is, is that with seeing how, you know, Will Smith has, at time has struggled, Chris Martin has time at times have struggled, to get a controllable reliever but to have to pay a significant cost, it just does not seem like the, the you know, the most ideal move when you could just simply take that package and probably invest it into getting a long-term starter or long-term outfield option. Putting prospects into a package to go get an outfielder or a starting pitcher probably makes a bit more sense with a bit more certainty than going to get a reliever. Not that Corey in any way, shape, or form is wrong for pointing that out as an option, but the price for those relievers are probably going to be high, though they certainly would be attractive additions to this Brave staff. At the end of the day, the big thing is, is that if the Braves are going to be buyers, 
Obviously, with so much uncertainty, with so many unexpected and unfortunate occurrences that have happened this year for injuries and other re reasons, the Braves definitely want to do what they can to remain as competitive as, as possible when it comes to 2021. But obviously, their best chances of competing going forward are when Ronald Acuna Jr. and others are able to be healthy and back in the active lineup every day to create the differences that they can. If the Braves are looking to be buyers at this deadline, I agree they need to be focused on the future. And whether it's a bat, a starter, or a reliever, it makes a lot of sense that if the Braves are going to buy, they also buy control so that they can experience the benefit of this additional piece to their roster, not only in 2021, but also beyond. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily Hammer, the new podcast from the Talking Chop podcast that is your daily source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves. My name is Sean Coleman. As always, it's been a pleasure with you. You can find me at StatsSAC. Check out the other great podcasts on the Talking Chop Podcast Network. The Talking Chop Podcast, hosted by Brad Rowland with Scott Coleman and Eric Cole, as well as the Road to Atlanta podcast with Eric Cole, Matt Powers, Garrett Spain, and others. Once again, you can find me on at on Twitter at StatsSAC. You can find Talking Chop across social media platforms at Talking Chop. Hope you have a great weekend. Hopefully, we'll have plenty of good things to talk about on Monday. And until again, thank you for joining us here on the Daily Hammer. Go Braves. Talk to you soon.